Good morning, everybody, and how are you doing? This is another segment of my podcast, My Christian Life. Well, 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 uh, let me tell you something. I just had a uh, memorial service for my brother, and uh, I guess the theme of this podcast today would be uh, the harsh reality of, of a pedophilia uh, or pedof- pedophile who leaves his mark on your family. And in this case, not that, you know, I don't want to get dark about this. It's a terrible topic. However, I think there's a lot to be learned from my brother's passing. For uh, those of you that heard previous segments, you heard uh, me talk about, uh, number one, my brother's death, what he died from, the contributions to his death with alcoholism. And then following that up, the ensuing um, segment was with Tim Hale, an attorney who uh, specializes in civil litigation against predominantly organizations like the Catholic Church and others in which pedophiles are able to freely and with uh, ease uh, transfer to different parishes and, uh, and destroy lives. So I guess the theme of this podcast today would be uh, the ease in destroying lives um, uh, featuring uh, those in the Catholic Church who allow and, and have permitted such actions to occur. So uh, the memorial service yesterday was ironically held at the Catholic uh, Church parish that my brother attended. And um, my brother was a diehard Catholic. And, and what was really moving about the service yesterday was the Catholic Mass that the Father uh, orchestrated and narrated and was the presiding person of the service. It was a beautiful service. And he uh, talked about how we need to be prepared for our our death, to be blunt. And one of the things that my brother did amidst his troubles, amidst his alcoholism, was he was preparing himself for his death. He knew that his death, as we all do know, I hope, that our death is inevitable. And so he went to Mass, he went to confession. And like all of us, he was a broken person. We all have different uh, degrees of brokenness. But he he prepared himself. And so we did um, a service reception after the service at the Catholic Church. And uh, I was having a conversation with one of the survivors who just recently came out. Um, when the pedophile monster was at our parish back in the 70s, if you looked at his resume of parishes that he served at, you would see a peculiar um, moniker on his on his stint at each parish. And that was, guess what? He was only there for a short period of time. God helped those people that allowed and permitted this indecent evil behavior to occur. And in the case of the perpetrator, to occur and then cover it up. And I was speaking to the uh, attorney, Tim Hale, 
who I interviewed in a recent podcast, and I said, you know, Tim, it just is mind-blowing to me. It's mind-blowing that, number one, at that time in the 70s, there was no law against that could be enforced those who covered up. Excuse me, who didn't report, I should say, is a more accurate way to phrase it, the behavior. So in, in the 70s, if you knew of pedophile behavior going on and you didn't report it, you weren't doing anything legally wrong. Legally is the operative term. Legally wrong. Morally, of course you were. And as a priest, multiplied times 10. So victims, there were, there were three, two victims yesterday that I knew of, that I spoke to, who were part of the cluster of victims that were molested by the monster perpetrator, posing as a priest who was known to be a pedophile, who was taken out of parishes after a year or two year and two year period. And guess why, people? It's not rocket science. Because it was getting kind of hot in the kitchen. And if you can't take the heat, you got to get out. And it was more important for these people in those positions of authority to remove a pedophile and put them in a new location so that they would not suffer any fallout from that behavior, both legally and maybe monetarily. You know, maybe what drove these uh, parishes that housed this monster to, to keep it a secret was that it would, it would hurt the coffers. It would lessen the amount of money that they would get from their parishioners. Hell, maybe people would actually leave the parish. God forbid. No, we can't have that happen. So what's plan B? I know. We just won't say shit. Yeah, that's a good move. If we keep it all quiet, then nobody will know. But you know what? Some people will know. And some lives will be ruined forever. And that's what happened to my baby brother, who died at the age of 52. But what I want to take away from this experience as I bring this segment to a close is I learned something yesterday. And I learned that when you are dealing with real, real serious stuff like this incident that happened to my brother, it brings people together. And to me, there is no greater evidence of God's love than the love I felt yesterday through tears of pain, pain of loss, pain of brokenness, pain from the inability to fix things like was the case with my mom, who forever at the age of 82, 83, I don't know her exact age, I know that's terrible to admit, but I'm, a, I'm an open person, she still blames herself. This is another ramification of pedophile behavior in a family. The parents blame themselves. And I swear to you, 
that is probably, other than my brother's pain, the second greatest pain that my father had to live and die with. And now my mom is, I think, battling now to make sure that she lives the remainder of her years um, prepared for her inevitable passing, but also forgiving of herself. Forgiving of herself for no other reason that if she harbored a lot of pain and hatred toward the Catholic Church, you know, God says we're not to judge. And the only redeeming thing from this whole life experience, everybody, is that I believe nobody gets out alive, yo. Nobody gets out. Well, that sounds kind of stupid. Nobody gets out without the big conversation that we're all going to have with our creator. That's what I believe. And thankfully, you know, we all have a choice. We all have choices. Even within the pain that my brother was carrying around, he had choices. He did. It was hard to make certain choices in his position. He did the best he could, but he was a kind person. He was a loving person. And he was abandoned as a child by those in those positions that frankly should have quit their vocation because they weren't really clergy at that time when they covered up the scandals, when they turned their back on children. If they had any iota of decency, they would have left or they would have reported it. Anyways, everybody, peace, love, and understanding. Later. Peace.